Hey, revolutionaries. This is Sylvia, and you're listening to the Revolution of Wholeness. Now, before we get started with this juicy revolution making, I want you to know that the Revolution of Wholeness is brought to you by the Has Everything in Co. platform. Has Everything in Co. is a platform that believes that we have everything we need to create the lives we most desire for ourselves, for each other, and as we build our communities and networks. There's even a book by the same title, We Have Everything, coming out in March that details the blueprint. Everything produced by the Has Everything in Co. platform are steps along the way to seeing all of our dreams manifest. Welcome to the conversation. This part is the revolution of wholeness. Hey, revolutionaries, and welcome to February. I am so excited to introduce to you the guest this month. Debrina Jackson Gandy is a nationally published best selling author, successful business owner of 20 plus years, national and international speaker, transformational success coach, thought leader, outside the box thinker, nationally recognized relationships coach, designer, and producer of life changing events, award winning leader and speaker, a wife mother, former TV show host, HuffPost contributor, personal mentor to women all across the country, and a creative, juicy, and joyful woman that is living her dreams. Because of all of these things and more, I really wanted Debrina to be on for the February and or the Love Month episode of The Revolution of Wholeness, and I think you all are in for a treat. Get ready and buckle up. Okay, revolutionaries, welcome back. It's February, and I am joined by the incredible Debrina Jackson Gandy. Hello, Debrina. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm doing so well. And how are you? I'm just so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. And I'm also thrilled to have you. And I know the listeners are going to be too. So I like to start every conversation with every guest just asking you. What was it that when you were a little girl, you wanted to be when you grew up? Well, I have really cool parents who are are and were very involved in politics and leadership and community and business and civic when I was growing up. And they would often let me tag along to adult stuff. And I remember going with my mom and dad. I grew up in Lacey, Washington, near Olympia, the capital of Washington State. And we traveled up I-5 about an hour and a half to Seattle, where my dad was giving was the keynote speaker. At an event. And I watched, I'm sitting at a banquet round, you know, gala style, banquet um, style. And I'm watching the response of people to him in the audience from what comes out of his mouth. And afterwards, there was this line of people wanting to just shake his hand and say, oh, my gosh, your words touched me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. And in that moment, the 10 year old me was watching this audience response. And I said, He's able to move people with the words he speaks. One of the things I want to be is a speaker because I want to be able to move people that way and with what comes out of my mouth. How incredible. 
And so even though I have three national best-selling books, people think that writing is my first joy. It isn't. Speaking is my first joy. And um, writing books is actually giving me more opportunities to speak. So using this vibration of spoken word and it entering into other people, which means it enters into their lives, um, I'm doing exactly what that 10-year-old me um, wanted to do. Um, the second thing is my mom was big on reading, had me reading at a really young age, and I skipped half the kindergarten, went right to first grade. I was always very bright. And one Christmas, she got me a manual typewriter that, it's, that had its own little attache case. And I would type my little stories, you know, set my, oh, my little attache up, and it was, all, it was like a portable little desk, and I would type stories. And I would think, wouldn't it be wonderful? In those days, we still had bookstores, <laughs> about <laughs> real bookstores where you walk in and grab a book off the shelf. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be wonderful to walk into a bookstore, turn my head sideways and see on the spine of the book, my name on a book. And so here I am <laughs> speaking as part of my avocation and able to turn my head sideways and see uh, three different titles on bookshelves and library shelves and people's bookshelves. Um, all around the world. So uh, I am living my vision board. I threw them away three years ago. I'm like, I don't need vision boards anymore. My life is the vision board. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I don't need vision boards anymore. My life is the vision board. That's incredible. I agree. And I'm so grateful. Yes. That's amazing. I My piece of cardboard for my 2023 vision board is still sitting here because I just haven't quite gotten it together to do it this year yet. But when I look around my life, I am definitely feeling what you're talking about. So many of the things that I have put myself into and seen in dreams and visions are right here before me right now. So I can definitely resonate with that. It's an amazing feeling. Yes. So, I mean, wow. You are truly a dynamic person. And it sounds like you have really had your eyes set on the prize since a very young age. Would you say that's true for you? Um, it is. And it's also true for my brother and sister as well. And I really give credit to my mom and dad because they, um, I, I believe the first university, the first place of teaching and your core programming is the home. It should not be school. It should not be society. Home should really be um, ground zero. So inside my home, the subculture of Nat and Dr. Thelma Jackson, it was a possibility and an I can household. So our language was never about, oh, it can't be done. It's like, hmm, what's the way we need to approach this to get it done? Hmm, you want to do that? Okay, what is it going to take? What's the plan? So it never occurred to me as a little girl as a female human, as a melanated human, that whatever vision I had could not come into fruition. And so um, that is also, I think, one of the reasons that this, this subject of manifestation is so fascinating to me, because I've become quite a masterful manifester. But I started getting curious at a very young age about how to say it 
how to go from saying it to it's real. And I'm like, there has to be a process. And what's the process? And I want to become really good at it. And I want to actually be able to collapse the time and um, bring it forth with more and more ease. So um, yes, that I can and possibility household was pivotal. And then I've continued to kind of build on that with the transformational work I now do, uh, the empowerment work I do. So yes, so grateful to my parents for for um, taking off blinders, inhibitors, rails. So, so, so key to who I am today. Hmm. That is so beautiful to listen to you talk about. And I'm grateful to them too, because you have had an incredible influence over my life and countless lives of many people, men and women, um, I, probably throughout the world. I was going to say throughout the United States, but I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that you're global. Thank you. That's the hope. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I bet that I could find The Love Lies or one of your many other books on a shelf somewhere. And I think I have a couple friends overseas, which means this podcast might be getting global. So there there you go. Your voice is global. If it wasn't yet, it is now. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. I appreciate too what you're saying around your parents having this solutions-oriented mindset and really um, putting that on you and your siblings and and teaching you all that barriers exist to the extent that you allow them. Yeah. And it wasn't a solutions mindset because that gets you into the how it was a possibility mindset, which is very different um, than a solutions mindset. So that's mechanics and logistics and technical and, and before you even get to solutions, um, you have to be able to consider the possibility. Hmm. So, um, that really is the, op- the, the widest open end of the whole process is that possibility end. So that's really what they focused on. And then as a consequence, as a result, when you know it's possible, then the solution isn't is hard to achieve. So that was the end to focus on. And then the solutions came with much more ease or seeing what the solution needed to be. Mm. Thank you so much for that clarification. I think that's so important because especially I feel like in this day and age, and clearly it was true, um, you know, when you were growing up as well, it's really easy to skip over the belief and the knowingness and to try to jump right into that solution, or even with manifestation, try to jump right into the result and to skip over that belief and the knowingness part um, that all of the the results are really predicated on. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I feel like we have a a nice little grasp of who you are and, and how you came to be who you are. Although I'm sure we could probably talk about that for a whole hour just in and of itself. Um, but with this being the Revolution of Wholeness podcast, and you know, we're already sort of getting into some of this conversation around how do we actually um, manifest things? How do we make things different than they are? Which is what a revolution is all about. It's making things different. So I'm curious, from your perspective and your experience in your life, what does wholeness actually mean to you? Well, you know, I was thinking about this, and I think over the years my definition has actually changed. 
Um, back in the day, I probably would have held wholeness like something you are moving toward. And now it's not the case. It's really recognizing that you come in to the incarnated experience called human made in the image of the divine creator. So you come in already whole. Now, that doesn't mean that your body is perfect because you can be born with, you know, different body shapes or maybe what we would call deformity. But as far as the as the human soul and the spirit, we come in already whole. So I really think the journey is to remembering and returning to and removing all that has confused us and has us thinking that we are incomplete and insufficient and not whole. So it's it's almost like um, I was thinking of an engine, right? That has like 20 cylinders. And because you've only been using six or seven of the cylinders does not mean that the 20 are not available to you. So wholeness to me is like kicking in the seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, all the way back up to the cylinders that were all ready there in the engine, but have not been activated or haven't been in full use. So that is really exciting because that means that returning to wholeness is more of subtracting away that which has had us not be truthful, that which has had us feel less than, um, but it's not necessarily a having to go out and pursue anything. It's, it's take the lies away, remove the scales from our eyes, blow the clouds back from the light of the sun. The sun is there, you know, it's like move what's obscuring what is. So that to me is more my understanding of wholeness now, but it has evolved. It has evolved. Um, and it's really based in this whole truth. And it is a truth for me that I am made in the image of my creator, divine, whole, beautiful, worthy, powerful, etc., etc. So anything that conflicts with that, I get to detox <laughs> and purge it and cleanse it. Um, so I can always stay in active memory of who I am. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh. There was so much in that. Before I dig into some of it, I got to say one of my favorite things about you as a speaker is the way that you use analogy and stories. Yes, you you brought in... You're welcome. You brought in the, the story of the engine. It really illustrates um, your point. Also, the clouds from Seattle. It's a cloudy day out today, so that one definitely hits home. And to my listeners that aren't from here, yes, it is cloudy, just like it is almost every day in the winter. Anyhow, you know, I appreciate so much you sharing about the way, first of all, just that your perspective on wholeness has changed. That speaks to how as we grow and we learn and we understand truths more deeply, we can actually change our perspective. Those things aren't static or they aren't fixed. They can change and grow and evolve as we change and grow and evolve and understand things with more depth. And I think that's really important for people because so many people can feel stuck, but you don't have to be stuck. You can change the way you look at things. And Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. I also heard a little bit of this when you were sharing about how your parents raised you, uh, that taking the scales off or removing the blinders, they really raised you to not have those blinders on. So many of us, our parents, and they do this from a loving place because they're trying to do what's what's best um, and to protect us and keep us safe. You know, they'll give us tropes like, well, you got to be 100 times or 10 times better than everybody else in order to succeed because of the color of your skin. Or you're a woman, so you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be successful in these other ways that men have handed to them. And it sounds like your parents really raised you to uh, be able to disregard some of those stories. And so I'm wondering. Well, it it wasn't even a disregard. Mm -hmm. It was, so for example, my dad and mom grew up in the segregated South. My Mm -hmm. dad grew up on a sharecropper's farm. And that was Jim Crow version of still controlling black bodies and black economics. And they literally had to plot their escape because the, the plantation owner would not allow my, my dad, his older brother for them to go to college. Wow. He wanted them to stay on the farm picking cotton. Right. And my dad said, no. And of all the people on this plantation, and there was many black families on this plantation, um, my grandfather said, my sons are going to go to college. Mm -hmm. And they um, had to escape, you know, in the dark of night. And my uncle went to college. My father went to college. Um, But growing up, there wasn't even the notion of, so you're going to hear this kind of chatter about being a woman, disregard it. You're going to hear chatter about being black, disregard it. It wasn't even, it it never entered in that way. You see what I'm saying? To even Mm -hmm. have to disregard, that's a certain energy to disregard something. Mm -hmm. I didn't disregard it because my, my parents said, look at what you are the fruit of Mm. to just make it through the across the Atlantic ocean in the bottom of a boat Mm. were literally considered property. And there's an insurance policy on you. Like you would put on an automobile, Mm -hmm. like cargo, right? The deplorable conditions. And you come from people who endured that and the generations since then, so what is in the fiber of your being, your DNA and your cells creates genius in you. It creates Ooh. superior resilience in you. And so it's like, that's just who you are. So it wasn't like disregard. It's like disregard is down here. Be it is up here. So there was mm-hmm. no, I never told you I'd to be twice as good to be considered half is whatever. I don't even know how to say it right because that was not fed to me. So I wasn't trying and striving and stressed out trying to prove to other people that because I'm black, I can do. No, it's like you are made of incredible substance. Decide what you want to do. It's possible. And so it's the same thing with my brother and my sister. Um, You know, my brother owns the largest black owned comedy club in America. Period. Not D.L. Hughley, not Kevin Hart, Nathaniel, Nate Jackson. And so how could that be? Tacoma, Washington 
because of this and because of that household. Um, my sister the same way. You know, we are revolutionaries and evolutionaries, not because we're trying to be, but because it's the natural posture of a possibility thinker. And so it's it's been a joyous journey. Um, and I have encountered, um, you know, racism in di different degrees, but instead of me being victimized by it, I always have moved into action and gotten results. I'm not a victim. Are you kidding me? And so, yeah, so it's not a disregard. Eagles don't have to disregard pigeons. The pigeons aren't even in their airspace. You see what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I do. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. These are distinctions I don't often think about till I'm on podcasts like this. So this is good, Sylvia. Listen, <laughs> you're welcome. I be asking you the right questions and you're like, okay, listen. So this is what it is. <laughs> um, but you know, I know how to ask a good question. I also do. Thank you. And you know how to answer them. You also know how to ask good questions too. You're welcome. So what I'm hearing for you is that, at least what I'm getting from this, is you are in a generational legacy of power. And people who understand themselves as capable and who see possibility. I think that's extremely powerful. I think one of the things... One of the reasons I created this podcast is because there's so many stories out there that some people would have us to believe about who we are that are just not true. The story about you have to be 10 times better to be half as whatever, that's one of those stories. Yep. And it's just not even based in reality. And so when I think about transformation work and, and some of what you just shared I know that you are in the business of transformation and you, you have transformed, you know, as, as a person and, and you also support other people in transforming. Transformation is a process. Yeah. 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 You are transforming and continuing to transform um, and you support other people on their transformation processes. And, and so I want to talk a little bit about how wholeness shows up in that work for you. Mm. Yeah, so maybe we can dig into that a little bit. That is so good because, you know, our lives have areas, sectors, arenas, right? There's the friendship arena, parent arena, parent-child if you have a child or children. Then there's a love relationship. Then there's body and money and social. And I mean, so how does it, how does wholeness show up in all those areas? And, and one of the several things I can say is one, I'm not easily offendable in any arena. So whether it's in my love relationship or in friendships, I'm not easily offendable. I have thick skin, not thin skin. And when you take responsibility for your power, your emotional state, your inner state, then when others do whatever they're doing, you recognize that you have the largest piece of power or weight in determining your own state. So, and if I'm in a state of love, 
if I'm in a state of connected to my joy, then when someone does something that others might find irritating or others might say that should offend you, not me. So that's major because as a business owner, um, dealing with clients and um, uh, customers and um, organizations and businesses and different personalities as a parent, as a friend to a lot of people, as you know, married 30 years now, having thick skin and not being easily offendable, that person is an asset in your life, whoever they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> because it also means that however you are, it won't irritate me. It won't mess me up. I'm not trying to control you and say, do this, do that, do that, stop doing that. I can't handle it. And it's like, I'm able to be at peace and I'm not letting what you're doing over there, unless it is infringing in my space and affecting my body. And, you know, then we can have a conversation, but we allow too much of other people's stuff to get all in and penetrate and mess us up and throw us off. Um, So that's one thing. Number two is I am not easily distractible. This is the most highly distracted time we've ever had in America and the world because of social media. And it's one thing to talk about we should not spend so much time on social media and still do. We should not spend as much time on our cell phones and we still do versus really not spending that much time on social media and not spending that much time, that much time on our phones. And I mean, in, 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 instead of person to person, mm-hmm. present to present, focus to focus, eye to eye, um, mouth to ear, not thumbs talking. And right. so it's very easy to fall into that. It's seductive, mm-hmm. it's insidious. So when you are operating from more wholeness than not, you've shaken off the lies and the faulty beliefs and the uh, push the cloud back, the clouds back metaphorically to let your light shine, then you are able to say, I'm only going to invest this much time in social media because I'm watching. While I'm watching, how is that moving me towards my vision or how is that elevating me or and so we're easily distractible when we have holes in our spirits because we're often looking to be fulfilled by we're often looking for something else to be our our spackle to fill our holes so when your holes are filled then you're not doing so much a and you're not doing so much of the chase after and the compete and the strive and all the stuff that stresses us the hell out. Um, it just ain't going on in your space. Right. Also having compassion. I uh, just got done with my my first ever transformational coaching certification live weekend. The midway yes, congratulations. Thank you. The midway point for my um, year-long transformational coaching program where I teach my style, my way, my approach, my philosophy. And one of the things that I said sets a masterminds, that's my company name, a masterminds certified transformational coach apart is one, we have compassion Hmm. for other people. Hmm. And whatever state or condition they're in, 
instead of being irritated by it or judging it. It takes healing work of yourself to extend love in the form of compassion to another human being. Yes. So when you are operating in wholeness, you have compassion. And this is a culture of sick, obsessive judgment. Mm. And yeah. in the form of opinions. Oh, well, that's just my opinion. We all have one. Right. And really judgment masquerading as destructive um, language or words. So, um, so that's a part of it. Also, um, being able to be fulfilled in your own energy and presence. Mm. You'd be sitting in the middle of a football field and nobody's around and you are just as happy as can be. And it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So then everything else is an addition. Right. But then you don't have to seek thrill through addictions, substances that alter your um, your mindset or your emotional state. Hey, we are popping pills and taking drugs and drinking, drinking drugs to alter our state. Right. So just being able to be present to our own energy and our own state, we don't need any alterations. And then others are an addition, are a plus, are a bonus, are the cherry on the Sunday. That also, I think, is an indicator of wholeness. Mm. And the longer you can do it, the more powerful. Some people can't even hold still for eight minutes. Mm. Not to mention be in their own energy and presence for awake eight hours and not doing stuff. We right. go crazy, right? That's why the pandemic drove so many people crazy. We finally oh, got yeah. to still be still and stop moving and chasing and being so external. And people started losing their damn minds. Yeah. <laughs> literally, not figuratively. That's so. no, literally. Yeah, I know a lot of people that didn't make it out of those quarantine years sane, and they may not have gotten COVID, but COVID definitely affected them. It's an epidemic. Virtually mm -hmm. bankrupt country. We had the worst and highest concentrations of COVID, which when you look at the symptoms of COVID, it expressed your respiratory system, your lungs, your yeah, breathing. Your breath. Exactly. Your ability to be free, to take in air and to breathe spirit in and out of your body. So we have a crisis in self-expression and being able to breathe and be free and hence, here comes a virus that goes right to the weakest link, and it's a respiratory-related virus. And we had the worst cases in terms of concentration for our size and population right here in America. So what does that tell you? Spiritually, we're doing the worst of any industrialized country for sure. Right. And it says so much, and it's really interesting how... What did you call it? The spirit. You didn't say spiritually inept. What was the word you used? Spiritually bankrupt. Spiritually bankrupt. The spiritual bankruptcy, you see it manifesting in so many different things. Because somebody who's like a social scientist perhaps might say, well, there's an infrastructure explanation for why we had the most amount of COVID cases. And it's like, sure. And also that infrastructure explanation is also a manifestation of that spiritual bankruptcy. Um, so we're right back at square one. So good. Yeah. There was something else that came up for me that was so interesting when you were saying that there that when you have holes, 
you um, try to fill them with things. And I think that's another really nefarious thing that comes up with the English language is that it is made to confuse. And it doesn't just do that through the stories that are told on this land. It does that through the actual little words, like how funny that they made the word whole and the word whole sound the same. Isn't that something? And one is inside the other. That's great. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So one of the other things you spoke to is some of your transformation work. And I know that you do a lot of work with a lot of different people. Congratulations again on your very first um, coaching weekend. That's amazing. I know that coaching certification weekend. I do coaching all the time, but this my is bad. My, my own certification. So period program. Thank you. Yes. And the Sabrina Jackson Gandy way, um, which is not spiritually bankrupt. It is spiritually informed. One of the books that I have of yours, The Love Lies, it's a trilogy. And I know that the this trilogy also, um, does it go along with the workshop series or with the with the workshop or, you know, I know that you have an incredible uh, learning experience, transformational learning experience for people coming up in about a week um, on February 11th called Love Academy. Yay! And I'm curious, are these books connected with that? And like, wh- how does wholeness show up in Love Academy? Well, well, my first book, Sacred Pampering Principles, second book, All the Joy You Can Stand, and then you also held up the third book, The Love Lies. So these are also an expression of my own development, right? And so it's I, I set up all my courses and programs like initiations are set up spiritually, which is you don't just jump to the roof of a house. You go foundation, level one, floor one, floor two, then the roof. So spiritually, that's how God has put it together. You don't go from the foundation up to the roof. And we keep trying to do that. And we wonder why we have situations that bring us back. And we'll say, oh, my luck is bad. It may not be your luck. It's you're trying to leapfrog over your spiritual levels of learning. And so you can't trick spiritual laws. So my courses are also set up in that same way. So on February 11th is Love Academy 101, my foundational introductory course to a new paradigm, brand new mode, not more the same old, same old, not recycling and repackaging the flawed, failed, faulty model that's giving us the highest divorce rate in the world and incredibly high dissatisfaction rates in our non-marriage love relationships. Not that model regurgitated. We go up to a new paradigm, and that's what I introduce women to in Love Academy 101. I have a totally separate course for men called Mentality, so this is all women on Saturday the 11th. And then there's a Love Academy 201, and you have to have done 101 to proceed to 201. That's your initiation, come through that introductory experience. Then I have a brand new high level course for women that want to be um, in marriage, covenant marriage in one to three years, or want to renew an existing marriage. And that's called preparation for partnership. But you have to come through Love Academy 101 and Love Academy 201 to be able to do preparation for partnership. So again, setting it up like the spiritual world works where we have initiations and get some mastery at this level. Pass, go, collect 200 like the Monopoly game, move to the next level. 
Um, and it has served me very, very well. And most of all, my, my students. And because I'm not just a motivational coach or an inspirational coach, I'm a transformational coach. So my approaches dig deep and look at beliefs, not just thoughts, not just emotions. And so to set it up with these uh, levels has been really, really supportive to students and their transformational continued um, elevation and ascendance and ascension, um, but also just in terms of structuring my offerings so that people see the pathways like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I want to be in preparation for partnership. I got to do 101 and 201 of Love Academy as prerequisites to even be considered exactly. Right. So uh, that has, has worked really well for my students and clients. Mm. There was so much there. I think, I well, first of all, thank you so much for doing this ama amazing work. I know that you are really changing lives and and in so doing, changing the world little piece by little piece. So I, I appreciate you for, you know, humbly answering the call that was made on your life. Um yeah, it, it shows me that it's possible for me to humbly answer the call that's placed on my life as well. Yes, and stay humble because God loves using people who see themselves. Humility, you recognize you're an instrument. Humility, you recognize you're a vessel. It doesn't mean fake meekness. It doesn't mean um, take no credit and all these other twisted notions we have. It means you're available for the use of the divine. Mm. So humble and it's wow. very easy especially as you become more and more successful to start putting my my in front of stuff mm. that's where you now are a little less usable mm. Mm. so um i had that lesson very early on to uh so i wouldn't have to be stopped to get it later yeah um, about what humility really means and the um, prosperity, the abundance, the miracles, the synchronicities and all the things that become available to those of us who stay humble, who stay available to be utilized, to remain vessels, who keep ourselves cleaned out because to be an instrument, right. a clarinet, you got to keep, it's a wind instrument. Wow. You got to stay cleaned out to be an instrument. Yes. It's a horn. You can't have a, a trumpet and it's blocked. No. Uh, or you have that, that actual tool, it's called the muter, and it actually stifles the sound. Right. And it blocks the flow of the energy. So an That's instrument is always open to vibration and cleaned out, or the vibration even of a piano is still a note being struck and the vibration is able to issue forth. So if you're if you're burdened down, if you're cluttered up, if you unhealed up and filled with resentment and anger and suppressed mm -hmm. rage and victim consciousness and all these things that actually clog your instrument up, mm. you're not as usable. So staying mm. humble, healed, staying open, keeping yourself cleaned out, and and never forgetting that I'm a creation of God. I did not make myself. Right. And everything I see in the physical world had a source and it's not the physical world. This physical world is the manifestation of a higher level called the spiritual realm. Right. And that has been designed, orchestrated, um, programmed, codified, whatever you want to call it by a divine source. Mm -hmm. So let us not get stuck on ourselves. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And yes, and no, that's ego get overweight. The ego can be obese. Ego is very important. Say that. But it gets overweight and obese, and we need right. to bring it back into right size. Right size right. your ego. Don't demonize it. Don't get rid of it. Can't get rid of it if you wanted to. Right size it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying that because I, I do feel like in some ways my ego keeps me safe. You know, when there might be people that I run into that um, want to take my kindness for weakness or don't understand what I'm about and and think that they can take advantage of, of certain things. Sometimes I feel like my ego keep reminds me not to allow that and to um, just uh, – show up and and give myself the credit that I do deserve for being able to be a vessel. Do you say that's so? I'm not sure I quite understand what you mean by ego. I think because my ego can have me subjected to abuse. You see, mm. my ego tolerating dishonorable treatment. So Interesting. So if the ego is right-sized, then it can be a um, a source of awareness and yeah. all those kinds of things. But if it's overweight, then it can start to become too protective right. or it will keep you trapped in familiar patterns called the comfort zone. Right. Will have you afraid to try new things mm-hmm. because it's a risk. And so that's <clears throat> why it's, it's, a, it's a fine line because it's, we're designed to be expressed. So if, we're doing things that cause us to contract. That's the wrong direction. So that lets us know um, if our ego's a little overweight. And then because we have wisdom, discernment, intuition, you know, five amazing senses, a conscience, all that will let us know mm-hmm. when we um, need to shift gears, right? make note of something. Right. We're not distracted. We catch a lot. That's um, a fact. Yeah. So if we would just stop being so so head on a swivel everywhere, we would catch right. so much and avoid a lot of situations that didn't turn out so well. But we Ooh, were too fast. We're moving too fast. And 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 also when you have purified yourself, purified, you only get purified by certain kinds of spiritual processes, including forgiveness and healing work and developing discipline through fasting and some other things to get purified. And when you get purified, your vibration actually raises, the frequency changes. So when you're in spaces that don't match that frequency, your body will give you feedback. Your right. spirit will give you feedback. Right. So it Ego's not even involved. It's just mm. the signal goes, eh, eh, does not compute, low vibration, dark energy, exit mm-hmm. not stage right, don't hang out here long. You know what I'm saying? It's not this. Yeah. So, but most of us are purified. Most right. of us have done our healing works. And then we can't read situations and we certainly can't read energy well. And we right. confuse and like, how did I get in a situation? How come I didn't see it coming? Because it wasn't a C. How come I didn't sense it? Right. Yeah, it's really a lot of a lot of us are very sick um, with just all these different diseases uh, that are ailments. Um, again, that kind of are rooted in that spiritual bankruptcy. Um, 
yeah, I definitely see that. And I, also, I've been listening to a lot of Miles Davis lately. I got a I got a little turntable and trying to. Ooh, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, so I've been listening to some Miles Davis, feeling a little cute at home. Yeah, so you know he plays one of the instruments he plays is trumpet, and um, so that analogy you used earlier really hit home for me because I've been listening to it, and it's amazing when you listen to Miles Davis talk. It sounds nothing like when that trumpet comes through because he's just talking. He's just speaking like a regular, normal person. But then when he plays that trumpet, he can use that vessel to bless so many people's ears and make so many people's lives better. And that reminds me, you know, I just feel like that was such a great analogy to use for um, the way that the creator uses breath to speak things into existence and how we can do that same thing um, in the creator's image. Yeah. And that when there's a bunch of stuff stuffed in the trumpet, we can't actually make that sound come through. The creator might blow on it and it's going to get blocked. Um, And sometimes maybe that muter comes through because we need to, you know, learn a little lesson. Mm. Um, Might need to eat some humble pie real quick. Um, But uh, I feel like that also circles back to the beginning of our conversation when you were saying that wholeness is really about that remembering. Wholeness is about a return. Wholeness is not something that we have to go out and get. It's something that's already right here um, that we need to remember we already have and discard, detox, release the things that are causing those barriers. Wonderful summary. <laughs> Thank you. That's because you're a really good listener. Thank you. I appreciate that. I interviewing is really fun for me, and I think um, one of the best parts about interviewing is listening and computing and synthesizing and and then repeating things back. Mm, nice. And actually, I was about to say that's why I started a podcast, and then I remembered what is the other reason I started a podcast? Do you remember, Debrina? Okay, I'm gonna take a stab. I mean, yeah really like to listen but you also have a lot to share and say mm-hmm. and yeah. you have a lot of spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and um when you were kind of hesitating I'm like stop being stingy yeah. <laughs> yes oh my god thank you for for just packaging it that way because I was being stingy I was I was hoarding this and keeping it all for myself right and see that's see there's another great example of that ego problem concern about what how others might receive it perceive it period and there's that ego giving too much power away the ego will have you giving your power away an overweight ego will have you giving your power away right yeah but it's easy to be convinced that oh i can't because uh, the people i don't know what they'll right just like, ah, it's okay never mind so yeah right. this so great and then i get to come back and be a guest mm-hmm. <laughs> yes full circle baby So you gave me that advice on my pursuit of wholeness, on my personal journey of how do I actually step into my power in a humble way? How do I recognize and accept my spiritual gifts um, without pretending that they're not there because I'm trying to be overly humble? Not that that's a thing, but I was really in my ego um, and caring too much about what other people thought. And you gave me this advice, just speak. Speak, Sylvia. Let's go. <laughs> One word, speak. 
um, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I know that the other cool thing about this too is that you touching my life this way means I get to touch how many other lives, which means, you know, there's this kind of amazing like umbrella or trickle down or however you want to call it effect um, that happens when we walk in our power and we accept and honor and humbly act on our spiritual gifts. Um, And I want my listeners to feel ready and empowered to do that too. And so I'm curious, what advice do you have for other people more generally, you know, because you know me, so you, you knew specifically what advice I needed, but what advice do you have more generally for people on their pursuit of wholeness? Well, I would start by acknowledging where we have been contracted and, you know, you as a graduate of Juicy Woman University, and now you are in my advanced course called Bountiful, you know that we have a different definition for fear. Mm -hmm. For many years, last 20 years, you know, the evolved definition of fear has been false evidence appearing real. However, I have found that that absolutely is not the case, that it bears out a little bit differently than false evidence appearing real, Mm -hmm. that it's really about F-E-A-R, full expression, avoided and resisted. Mm -hmm. That's what it's looked like in the field of life. And so where we have contraction, where we're pulling back, where we put up um, walls, where we go into being overprotective, where we have distrust. All those are indicators of where we need to remember the truth of who we are. And this thing has started happening in the culture, the American culture, the social media culture, where we talk about, I'm afraid to be vulnerable. Well, that's afraid to be human because as a human, you are vulnerable. You Mm -hmm. are vulnerable, vulnerable, you are woundable, period. Right. Get hit by a car, you're probably going to endure some injuries because you're wounded. You know, a loved one curses you out and calls you out your name. You might feel some emotional woundedness. We are woundable. So now there's this whole culture of afraid of being vulnerable, like it's this risky um, exposure of the self to a, 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 you know, crazy mountain lion or something. And we're in danger. And it's an illusion. All we're talking about is being disclosing, sharing of yourself, because unless your mouth brings it forward, others may not be aware of that about you because it's on the inside. And now we have turned just sharing and connecting Mm -hmm. and closing into this being vulnerable. And so we're in all of these jail cells and boxes. and chains yearning for connection and love and intimacy and closeness and interchange. I mean, it's crazy. And so we've created our own gel cells. If we created the gel cells, we can uncreate them. Mm, wow. Well, hold up though. Say that one more time for the ones in back. If- <laughs> if we've created our gel cells, which we have a 90% of our life situations, we can uncreate them. We can uncreate them because we created them. We Mm. create them and say, you got to set me free. What Mm. the Mm -hmm. hell? 
Mm -mm. So that's what I would say. Look to see where you're contracted. Look to see where you are doubtful. Look to see where you um, are fearful, where you are cautionary, where you're overly protective, where you're distrusting. And that will point the way and illuminate the um, compromises to your wholeness. Mm -hmm. And just start with acknowledging, just acknowledging. We have a hard time just being truthful. We've learned to be <laughs> slick in yeah. America. Right. So to just start with that. Mm. That is such good advice. Square one before I talk about square two and three and four. Let's do square one. <laughs> exactly. Because that spiritual stepping stone uh, ladder is is serious. That's for real. You'll fall off if you haven't gone the right way. <laughs> yeah. And that fall will hurt the higher up you are. Or actually slide back down. True. Back to, yeah. That's a little less scary. But yeah. it's still not fun. We don't want to make evolving sound like we'll be endangered. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, you're right. oh, you're dead. Listen. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was in my fear for a second there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sliding sliding sounds still not very fun, but a lot less dangerous. <laughs> Debrina, I really appreciate you for coming on and, and joining this conversation. It's been it's been fun. It's been juicy. It's been riveting. I appreciate that we've been able to talk about social science. We talked about jazz. We talked about uh, your family history. We talked about sharecropping, all the things. Yeah, we got a lot in. I want to hear more about Love Academy. And I'm curious to know how can people sign up and what they can expect? Well, it's pretty cool because I only do Love Academy once a year now once a year. And remember I talked about how it, it's a graduated process with higher and higher levels. And this is the entry level. Yes. The entry level is only available one time a year. And it okay. is February 11th. That's the first thing. Secondly is it's about a new paradigm. So whatever people think it's about, it's not. Because you're probably thinking inside the current paradigm and you might feel resigned. You might feel, I already know. And if any of that is rolling through your head, it's very typical, but this is a new paradigm. So I'm not talking about more of the same failed stuff. I'm talking about ushering you up to a whole different perspective, which includes a change of your self-concept, a change of your understanding and that's what Love Academy is about as it relates to love relationships and marriages. It's a whole new paradigm I'm ushering into you into, like a trap door, a secret door, and I'm taking mm -hmm. you through it, taking you through it. And so um, there is a coupon code. Ordinarily, it's $197 for Love Academy 101. But for your listeners, Ooh. we have a coupon code. Okay, let's go, Coupon. So you can go to milliondollarmentor.net, um, and there's a coupon code you can use, LA101, which is short for Love Academy 101, LA101-23, LA101-23. Use that coupon code when you check out, and your 197 is zeroed out. Wow. Oh my gosh. We're going to keep so generous. code alive a little longer so that your folks have a chance to, to use it. Um, 
but only once a year. So I really invite people to come get on board. And uh, for those who are married, renewal of marriages is the number one result that married Period. people. So married or single, come on and join Let's us. Let's go. Let's go. And- And knowing what I know about you, whether you are single, married, or otherwise, not sure what the otherwise might be, um, but (laughs) divorce or or even possibly widowed as well. So regardless of your relationship status, um, Love Academy will be transformational. Yeah. And it will be something that supports people on their pursuit of wholeness as well. Oh, absolutely. Because the the foundational cornerstone of your life and all your relationships is you. So when you change your self-concept and your understanding of your identity, then every relationship in your life is impacted and affected by association. Mm -hmm. So we often don't talk about relationship with self. We just talk about how do I get a man? How do I, what do I need to do? What are the steps? And hold up. You cannot go to the roof of a house, building a house without a foundation. You are the foundation of all of your human relationships. Mm. And so when you um, elevate your level, level of self-love, for example, it'll change everything, even how money responds to you, not to mention humans. (laughs) And that is just one factor in the love relationships love the phenomenon of love relationships but um i will be sharing from my book the love lies we have a set of specific faulty beliefs that we as women are fed taught and shown from a very young age and i I actually take women back on a timeline to show when did the funky programming around love relationships start it has an origin and look at the evolution and what has gone into shaping the toxic twisted understanding and way of showing up and engaging in our relationships and marriages now that give us the highest divorce rate globally. Mm. globally. So um, it's mind blowing as it should be. If it's transformational, your mind should be blown. It should not be in the same state in which you entered. (laughs) So yes, it is going to be juicy and it's all about how do you create, attract, sustain juicy relationships and juicy marriages we don't talk about happy. That paradigm is out. Happy. Mm-hmm. Next level. Yes. Because, I mean, I could be happy if I want to, but I want to be juicy. Okay. I want my wallet to be juicy. I want my house to be juicy. I want my love relationships to be juicy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Life is too short for anything less. Period. Short. Also, listeners, Debrina did mention I have, um, I'm a graduate of Juicy Woman University, and I'm now in her up-leveled course, The Bountiful. And I will say, I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm going to say she ain't lying. Things do respond to you differently when you up-level your self-love. Money, people, all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Animals, babies, children. Period. Opportunities, resources. Yes. God set it up. It's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> It's the animals for me. They love me now. I'm like, I cannot see a dog that doesn't want to come say hello to me. It's really cute. (laughs) My goodness. I love it. Very good. I just want to remind all of us revolutionaries that now it's about being an evolutionary, which is inside the word 
revolutionary and to evolve we go up we go up we go higher and we up level and elevate so i will continue to see you at the top